Hey, hey, welcome to Pretty Lifted Trippy. It's your girl, Latara Antrice, your host. Uh, today's episode, we're talking about death to the old me, okay? Death to the old me. Um, I've never, never really been good at singing, so don't count it as one of my greatest gifts. Just know, though. Just know, all right? <laughs> um... Like I said, today's episode is about death to the old me and, you know, really and truly at some point in our journey, in our spiritual awakening, we have many deaths. Okay. And so this just happens to be death to the old me, you know, now, but there may just be another death, (laughs) Uh, another death of me later down the road because again this journey is about ever evolution right it's a ever evolution it's an infinite process it's a practice it doesn't it doesn't have a destination okay and so what I mean by death to the old me is you know we're two weeks into the new year here 2021 and you know We've all had a hell of a year, right? 2020 was like motherfucking karma on wheels, okay? 2020 was a Libra, all right? And it's been a a major year for transformation, a major year for healing and integration. So when I would have to say, I have to say, 2020 is the year of shadow work or was the year of shadow work for me. I'd not really heard of shadow work before or not really dealt with shadow work before 2020. And I mean, I've been on my journey since 2012, but I'd not recognized per se a shadow to know that that's what I was working through. And so 2020 really gave me dark night of the soul vibes all over again but this was a different dark night of the soul this was the dark night of the soul and the shadow okay and so an ego death per se and again like I said this journey isn't one of a destination it's a it's a practice it's an ever-flowing practice so I've experienced an ego death before and each ego death looks totally different. So I don't presume that it'll be the last ego death, right? Because again, it's a process, it's a practice, but 2020 was definitely the year of shadow work for me. And so, um, over the past couple of weeks, I'd really gotten to this space of sadness and it was a sadness I couldn't quite explain. Um, Up until that point, I mean, I, along with many others, have really been uprooted in 2020. And a lot of my uprootingness was by choice, right? Like, I've learned to allow, I've learned to leave situations before I'm forced to leave situations. And maybe that's made me a little more premature right in 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 quitting things but at the same time I feel spirit led so it's like well spirit led me to make this decision to leave and before spirit comes and roots me up on its own let me take the initiative to do this myself and really plant myself deeply 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 
into my own seed. And that was really the mentality that I had. And so again, 2020 really uprooted a lot of deep, deep rooted stems for me. And um, one of them was people pleasing. A lot of people pleasing came up on my, my agenda for 2020 and not necessarily continuing to people please, but really jumping out of this, <laughs> jumping out of this box of people pleasing. Like I refuse to do this anymore. I refuse to go along just to go along, to put on, to put on, to force, just to force. I, I refuse. It became so uncomfortable for me to go along with something that my spirit didn't feel good about it to the point to where I really, I, I left situations. I left jobs. I left environments. I left communities where I felt like I was some way, somehow being suppressed. And up until that point, I'd really practiced this people pleasing since I was a child. And I this ego death, right? This death that I had for myself, this funeral that I had for myself this past couple of weeks, the sadness, that was one of the shadows that came to visit, right? This people pleasing. And I believe that that was really me putting it to rest. It was really me putting it to sleep, you know, bitch bye, burn, die, okay? <laughs> Those kind of vibes. <laughs> Those kind of vibes. And every time, you know, a shadow comes to visit, it's, it's always bringing itself up for review, right? It wants to be seen. It really does. It wants to be loved. It wants to be held. It wants to be, it wants to be acknowledged, all right? It wants to be recognized for you to transmute it, for you to integrate it. And so this is something that I've, I've learned the practice of. I've learned not to run from these shadows. I've learned not to hold on to the emotion and internalize it for fear that it's bigger than me, right? Because no emotion is bigger than you. It's truly just an emotion. It's really only there for expression. It's not meant for us to identify with every single emotion that we experience. We are simply data processors as human beings. That's truly what it is, right? And so another thing that I learned in 2020, right? So with this funeral that I was holding for myself, one of the biggest shadows that that died with that was people pleasing. And I was able to trace that back to my childhood and how I'd started this pattern, what created this monster, right? What made this, this such a sustained and deep rooted pattern for me. And it took me back to so many other things, right? Because that's the other thing about shadows. Nine times out of 10, it's like they're linked, truly. It's like it's linked and ingrained so deep in your DNA and it's connected to other patterns. And it's like when you uncover one pattern, once you uncover that and you start to see all the ways that you built up this pattern, that you that's how deeply ingrained it is, right? Like how hard it is to beat... You know how hard it is to release it. How hard it is. It'd be hard as fuck. It'd be hard as fuck. Okay. And it's because you've lived years and years and years and years performing in the same pattern that it's so deeply ingrained in your in your body, in your mind, in your spirit. And so this death 
in a sense, was the dying of these old beliefs, these old patterns, these old limiting beliefs. And so, you know, when this occurs for us, we start to have these, this life in review kind of concept, right? Where everything starts coming back up to your, your remembrance. You start remembering your childhood. You start remembering the things that you did, didn't do, how you were supported, weren't supported, how you were treated, weren't treated, you know, just different aspects of your childhood. And so, I traced my people pleasing all the way back to, of course, me being a child, but not only from a friend standpoint, you know, because people pleasing for me ran deep. It ran very, 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 very deep. So people pleasing in my friendships, people pleasing in in all of my relationships, in all of my relationships, let me just say that. And one aspect of it that, that, the the people pleasing did was it diminished my spirit and it diminished the truth, the honest and integrity of my spirit. Because I remember as a child. So one of the things that I'm going to share with you guys that, you know, it's probably a little too personal, but it's okay. It's my podcast. I'm a child of four. I'm a middle child of four at that, okay? And of the four of us, I'm the only um, child who did not have a relationship with my father. So I did, I had a stepfather, you know, I had my mother. And, and even that, I went to live with my grandmother when I was also in elementary. And then later on, I went back to live with my parents, my mother and my stepfather, uh, when I was in like high school or going to high school. So being the middle child of four, being the only child without a relationship with their father and also being the only child who my mother would say, I didn't give her any problems. I didn't give her any problems. I was real chill, real cool, very honest, always telling the truth. My siblings hated that because that meant that they would be in trouble because whatever they were doing was wrong. And I, on the other hand, was not about to do wrong because for one, I didn't like to lie. I didn't like doing wrong. And I didn't, I didn't like any of that. And so I, that was already another sibling rivalry, right? In a sense, it caused them to not want to do things around me or share things with me because I was going to tell. So there's that honest spirit as a child, right? That, that integrity as a child. And another thing, another aspect of my childhood, it didn't take a lot for me to succeed at anything. Um, no matter what I did, it, I was pretty good at it. Uh, if I, if, if I could say so myself, I mean, I tried basketball and I really wasn't really good at that. That was not, that wasn't a good, a good venture for me. I mean, so if we're talking about sports, I really wasn't that great at sports. Um, I was always good at the arts. So dancing, drawing, writing, right? So I was always really, really talented in the arts. And so Anything that I applied myself artistically wise, I succeeded. And it didn't take a lot of effort for me. And so that was also another reason for sibling rivalry. And 
in school, you know, that was also something I didn't have to try hard to do good in. I was just naturally smart. I was very intelligent, you know, and so another reason why another sibling rivalry, right? And so coming up, I was probably more disliked by my siblings than the people outside of my house <laughs> because because I would have been considered, so to say, like a two goody two shoes, right? You know, I'm always telling the truth. I do well in school. It doesn't take much for me to do well in school. You know, I, I'm just, I'm different. You know, I was different than my sibling. But the downfall for me came in that that didn't get me the right attention. Like I said, my my siblings were already, you know, mad at me for that. And then because my siblings were also more, say, temperamental or getting into the things that they weren't supposed to get into, my mom's attention was always on, on them because they were doing bad things. So it was like the bad kids got the good attention or the bad kids got the most attention. And so for me, it was like, well... I'm doing the things that are natural to me, which is just the right things. And yet I'm not getting attention for doing the right things. I didn't get support for being myself. I I wasn't seen for being myself. And I wasn't getting the recognition that I needed as a child. Instead, I was viewed as independent, mature, and old soul, and someone who who could lead themselves. You know, I didn't require much supervision is the way I was perceived. So much so, as I mentioned earlier, I went on to live with my grandmother when I was in elementary as well and helped her raise two of my younger nephews or two of my younger cousins because she felt like I was an old soul, very mature, independent, and could lead myself. And so I was a child raising children and, you know, this put me in a different frame of mind. And so... Again, you know, it was like, yes, I was a child, but I was, I was, my spirit was so old that I was treated as an adult. And so the things that I needed to get to feel like a child, I wouldn't say I I got as much as I needed. I was also made privy to, you know, like I said, if you do more wrong, right, you get more attention. Even if it's bad attention, it's still attention. And and I just wanted attention. And so I carried these things with me in into my adult life. And not to say I've done anything bad to get good attention, but in a sense, when I think about things, decisions that I've made and different actions that I've taken that weren't aligned with who I really am and what I felt in my heart and how I went against myself, a lot of those decisions were to please others. And it wasn't something that was good. And of course, it brought me the attention that I was seeking, even if it was bad attention. So I learned that at a very early age that, you know, good isn't always upheld. And sometimes being good means you go unseen. And I remember, I think there's this saying, what, the good guy always finishes last. And so that kind of felt like the story of my life. So this death, that part died. She had to go. She had to die. I burnt that bitch up. Okay. And as I watched it burn, as I watched my old self die, as I watched 
this review of self, it made me sad because for one, you know, of all the things that I'd been through to get there, right? The shoulda, coulda, wouldas, this, that, and the third. But it also made me sad because all that old me ever really wanted was recognition and acknowledgement, you know what I mean? All, and for herself, for who she was. And it took for her to die for me to see her. It took for her to die for me to see her. It made me sad. But I am, I'm here to avenge her. I am here to avenge her. This blank canvas, this new life. I'm only able to live because she died. Times are definitely changing. I want to thank you guys so much for listening on this episode. Spending this time with me, you know, taking a good, what, 30 minutes, 45 minutes out your day to hear what I got to say. I'm grateful for you. Uh, be sure to check me out on all platforms. You can always visit my website at www.prettyfeastfit.com. Don't forget to schedule your energy reading while you're there or subscribe to my email love letters. I send out a weekly newsletter with self-care, personal development, and self-love tips, guidance, and info, right? And so what better time than right now to really step into your highest self? So be sure to do that with me. Follow me on Instagram at latara.antrice. You can also reach me on Facebook, which I'm rarely on, but hey, I'm there. The name's Latara Jackson. And of course, last but not least, if you are ready to truly transform from a physical standpoint and change the way that you eat, because one of the main things for us that we need to learn mastery, self-mastery in is our food. If you can master your food, you can master your life, all right? And so I have a book on Amazon called The Essentials. It's a healthy meal plan guide, and it's both for weight loss and, and weight gain. So either way, whatever you're looking to do right now, that book will serve you. It's truly a beginner's guide. It's nothing Nothing out there that's going to be more simpler to help you align your food with your spirit. So be sure to check that out on Amazon. And next up is going to be my masterclass heading to you in March. In this masterclass, we're going to be going over your chakras, intro to meditation. Also, we're going to go into shadow work. So if you've been following me for some time... I've not been embarrassed about sharing with you my in my journey. You know, you've you've seen where I've been up, down, low, in in my feelings, not in my feelings, you know, just going through the motions. And a lot of that was the shadow work. And so we're gonna be working on shadow work and we're also gonna be jumping into the Sacred Woman, Queen of Fua book, along with the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. So this is gonna be the space where you can truly get into alignment with yourself and learn how to make your own agreements with yourself and this is it's just gonna change your life it's just gonna change your fucking life so again thank you for listening in that pretty lifted trippy i hope you take something from this message and don't forget to like, share, comment, and save, all right? Somebody out there somewhere needs this. One love. Namaste. Love, peace, and light.